Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Hill. And today we get to look at the readings for the second Sunday after the Epiphany. If you would like to listen to all the readings, you can do so by listening to the readings podcast that was dropped previous to this episode. The gospel lesson comes to us from St. John, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11, and it's Jesus' first miracle at the wedding at Cana, in Cana. And a lot's happening. We have Jesus trying to just enjoy a wedding, and they run out of wine, and his mother comes up to him and says, fix it. And he says, my hour has not yet come. And his mother ignores him completely (laughs) and tells the servants, do whatever he says. And then there's six stones of water for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Those are not small jugs. And he tells them to fill them up with water. And then he has them serve the guests, and everybody is amazed at how good the wine is. Yep. And we have the tall task today of dealing with a very familiar text and trying (laughs) to find something new to say. (laughs) Um, But we have a few things to say. Uh, But yeah, this is a it's a it's a great text. Um, And really, I was joking uh, when I pulled up the text to print out so we could look over together at how quickly we go from little baby Jesus on Christmas to now full-grown Jesus wedding at Cana. (laughs) We really fly through uh, his childhood and get right to um, really the beginning of his ministry here in our gospel lesson. Well, I wonder if this has anything to do with that we're in the season of epiphany, so revelation or, or revealing of Jesus as who and what he is coming to give himself for his people. So in this text, there's this interesting aspect of how does this reveal who and what Jesus is? Why a wedding? Why water? Why wine? And why does the Blessed Virgin Mary ignore Jesus? So those are my questions. Those are my problems. And I think I'm going to be grumpy through this as we argue through this. This might be an argument. I should have wrote all those down, so I know which one to answer first. So the first one, I'll throw it on you, Vicar. How does this reveal Jesus as God? Or how does this reveal Jesus' mission to save, rescue, and redeem all of humanity? So why a wedding? Why why is a wedding uh, carry— Doesn't God have bigger things to do? Come on. Isn't there better things to be? So uh, really, the only answer I could give you would we'd have to fast forward to the end of our gospel lesson uh, where it just says that this was his first sign and it manifested his glory. And with that, the disciples believed in him. So we're moving pretty quickly from uh, Jesus is uh, their their new teacher. I think he's called a handful of disciples at this point. 
Um, he, he's their new teacher. Uh, they know he's special. To now he is manifesting glory, mm-hmm. uh, and they believe in him. Uh, and the implication there, believe in him not just as a teacher, but as the son of God. Okay, so something is going on with these signs that he is now kicking off at this wedding in Cana uh, that is that is revealing to them that there's something extra special about this Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, he, he's not just a, a street miracle worker or he, he do cool card tricks <laughs> yeah. like David Blaine or anything Close like magic. that. Yeah, these, these are these are truly amazing things that are happening. And we don't get all the details of uh, the, everything that goes down in this sign, this this special miracle here. But we know is enough that he he's manifested his glory, and because of that, the disciples believe. So this kind of kicks off. Uh, we kind of have the warm up to Jesus' ministry. Warm up. The warm up to Jesus' okay. ministry, and now it's really the show is starting. Things are beginning to move. And he's going to continue to reveal himself with more signs and ultimately reveal himself uh, in really the mysterious way of the the great glory of dying on a cross uh, and then rising. Okay. I, I think those are great answers. You're not in the room, listeners, but Pastor was just writing something down when I was talking. So he's he's got some rebuttal, I'm sure. No, I I, I don't have a rebuttal. I really do like the way you're going because it opens up who Jesus is. And I, you gave me a chance to complain. <laughs> um, this was something I was complaining to Vicar before we pushed record. I want more details. And you opened the door to this great question that I have. What has he been teaching? This isn't the first time the disciples are gathering with Jesus. He's been with them. I don't know how long. He's called some. um, They're there. They all got invited to this wedding. And this not only act of the miracle of changing water to wine, but then the connection to his glory and then the fact that they believe. Those are huge statements. And I think it's interesting that at the very beginning of this text, you have Mary pointing out there is this very earthly problem. Mm -hmm. Jesus, fix it. Yeah. So, I mean, really the problem there at hand is, um, and I've heard a couple different ways, but I mean, I would say embarrassment for oh, the— No, there's a, that's a big, big deal because it shows the, the poverty of this family, specifically this couple. And to run out, that's public shame. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're starting off not so good. And w- weddings back then were typically about a week, right? Yes. Yeah, so they're—, they're You had to feed, house, clothe, do everything for all your guests. Right, so I, it's the kind of the equivalent now is if someone had a wedding, uh, you know, and they ran out of food and— beverage during like the happy hour, you know, the the cocktail hour before the reception even started and And, everything was just gone. And everybody would know, everybody would notice, and everybody would remember you all for the wrong reason. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of the, uh, the, the, the practical problem at hand here. And it seems kind of, I mean, it's serious if you're the one involved, but right. in the grand scheme of things, that's rather frivolous. Yes. And here we have this as kind of the catalyst for much larger things that are going to unfold. I like what you said. Jesus has been warming up and now the show is about to start and he's going to do it through a wedding mm-hmm. because he, he, they ran out of wine. He's been enjoying his his life so far, just kind of hanging out. Living out quiet and just, yep. just being part of creation. 
and now Mary ruins everything. Yep. Okay. Moms. <laughs> this is actually where I want to go. Again, the, the, the practicality of they ran out of wine. Mary, the, the Blessed Virgin Mary, I don't know if she's how close she is to this couple, this family. I don't know if she's trying to fix, be mother hen, whatever, but she notices this. Why does she go to Jesus? Why Jesus, the archangel Gabriel came to me and told me that I would give birth to the Messiah. You are the one who is not only going to redeem Israel, but you're going to bring peace to even the Gentiles. But before you do this, <laughs> would you make some wine? Yeah. I, I, I struggle in this. Well, you mentioned something earlier um, when we kind of were trying to work out some kind of solution to that, that this was kind of, um, this was something he could have done that was kind of, uh, could have been a little under the radar. Yes. Uh, it wasn't like he stood up in front of the whole wedding <laughs> yeah. party and watch what I'm about to do. Okay, that's right. not what we have here. So it's it, it could have been kind of a, um, you know, more innocent, not hurting anyone, mm -hmm. miracle kind of thing. Yeah. Where, um, where it could have just kind of been on the down low and people wouldn't have had to really known mm -hmm. that Jesus was the Messiah. Just a thought. But... The text points out something contrary. This is the first sign that manifests his glory. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if it's just the disciples that picked it up. I'm sure the Blessed Virgin Mary picked it up. I'm sure the guests in general didn't drink it and say, oh, God had to do this. Where is he? <laughs> I, 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 the, the big manifestation, I, I think, is lost on everybody in general in, in a good way. But this really does start things. And what I love about this, as much as I want to argue and complain, why a wedding? Why something practical? This is an amazing, huge event because it actually points back to who Jesus is. Uh, just last week, we talked about the Magi coming and they find the king of the Jews as a baby in Bethlehem, poor all the whole situation, they, they're not even living in their own home. And now Jesus at a mundane wedding with a mundane problem, being mundane himself, just a son of a carpenter, does this miraculous event. And, and again, I, I pick on you with he's warming up and starting the show. How amazing is this? that he does something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you said, he's God. He's the creator of all things. If he willed it just by thought, the, wine, the water could have been wine. But he does something. He acts in a way. He even tells his mother, my hour has not yet come. Mm -hmm. And this is a big statement because it points to his full glory, which we'll see on the cross and the resurrection. This starts that and connects it because this whole ministry connects that. The bigness of all that's taking place in a miracle and then a sign, because it's not just he did something and then walked off. The implications have, uh, the implications are immediate. His disciples believed in him. 
we'll talk about this in probably every podcast. They don't get the fullness of what's happening until the resurrection. But you know that they live with this. And you know if we're wrestling with this, what did they wrestle with? Did you see that? Did you taste that? He did that. That's probably one of those somebody pinch me moments. Yeah. Like, did that just happen? Right. <laughs> so I no, I, I really appreciate your, your line of thinking. Something else you said before uh, we recorded, the idea that uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, I, I still think it's interesting that she goes to him to fix this. Um, I, I don't know what her faith is. She absolutely believes what God has told her. After all, she is literally the vessel in which God is working and doing all these things. The idea that, I'm curious, is she seeing the fulfillment in the life of Jesus? You know, we were kind of joking that he's lived this really quiet life until now. Mm -hmm. And all these astonishing, truly otherworldly events happened to her. Where else would she go if there's a problem? Sure. And we just uh, had a couple of weeks ago in the gospel lesson uh, where Mary and Jesus, Mary and Joseph, excuse me, kind of temporarily misplaced Jesus, yeah. uh, and, and he was in the temple the whole time. Right. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that particular chunk of the, the gospel of Luke kind of ends with, uh, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and uh, in the favor of men and God. Okay, right. so we have um, Mary kind of, that that shows us that Mary had an idea. I think so. That there was something special with Jesus. And, and with that, because uh, I picked on Vicar that, you know, every mother thinks that her child's special. Uh, he really is mm-hmm. special and different. And she treats him special and different. And this never points to her. And I think that's really, really important. Because even in this text, she goes to the servants, do what he says. She removes herself from the situation. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. And she assumes that everything is going to work out. Whatever happens. Even after he says, what do you want me to do? What, What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I'm sure she doesn't know what that means. And yet she, okay, do what he says. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she's giving a motherly guilt trip to Jesus. I don't think she's painting or putting him into a corner or, or anything, forcing his hand to act. I think this is just simple trust. Jesus is something different, and he'll do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And she gets out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like that. Um, and again, I, I want this to be innocent. I don't think she has this plan. Okay, I know this is the son of God and this, this wedding. This will be his coming out party. We're going to to show his glory. And we just have to manufacture a place for him to do something. She was in the back dumping out the <laughs> exactly. wine. So they ran out. Right. Yeah, I don't know if it was a manufactured crisis or anything like that. But it, I mean, really that that idea of just um, trusting. Right. Um, and, and we see that uh, play out in these other signs that Jesus um, uh, engages with uh, throughout the Gospel of John. Um, a lot of times, when he, whether he's healing someone or what mm-hmm. have you, um, there's a there's an element of faith involved. Oh, absolutely. Well, my next question in the the string of questions: Why water 
and why wine? Um, that's a good question. I, I feel like you're fishing for something. Hey, I, I, I do have a, a place I want to go, but um, I, I'm, I'm really curious about your thoughts, especially with the, the purification jugs. Okay, so with that, I yeah, that that gives me something to go off of. So <laughs> with the the jars of water that would be used for some kind of ritual that was a purifi- purification ritual, whether it be for the utensils or probably most commonly the hands, um, that were just rituals done to purify things, make sure they were clean. Um, those would have been there for that purpose. Uh, and, and it's interesting that throughout the Gospels, um, Jesus, who as we know was is Jewish. Um, he does not tear down these rituals, mm-hmm. but he does something with them that uh, I don't know if enhances them is the proper term. But he, he does something with them um, to make them new or tweak them in some kind of way. Uh, so it's interesting that he uses these uh, water jugs that are set for a certain ritual purpose and uses those instead. Now, I've heard people say, you know, this indicates that those rituals aren't necessary. I'm not sure where to go with that, yeah. um, but I would just say that it's it's interesting that those uh, instruments are used for now a new purpose that Jesus carries them out for um, here. So there, there's a there's my guess for you. Why water and wine? Well, see, now, now with this also, um, there... Uh, verse 6, now there were six stone water jugs there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus says to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they're empty. Mm. They're empty vessels. Mm-hmm. And he puts water. Well, he has the servants put water in them. Why? Why start with water? Why don't skip the middleman? Just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, that's that. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I I read somewhere that the the jars being stone uh, were considered pure. So then, whatever is put in them is now in this state of purity. Um, so it's it's almost. And again, I'm just speculating here, but it's almost like he's starting from scratch here mm-hmm. uh, with water now that is ritually considered pure. Uh, and he's going to do something better with it. Um, and now, thinking about water and wine, I, I know just historically, um, most of the time, the wine that they had was usually uh, cut with or, or diluted with water mm-hmm. um, because it was very, very strong, very fermented yeah. wine. So it had a, a very high alcohol concentration, and they usually diluted it with water. So there's my connection with wine and water. I, I think it's good. I, I'm, not, I'm not fishing for anything <laughs> too specific. I thought you were trying to go for like waters used in baptism. Well, I, we use. I, I, yeah, I will go there. Yeah. Because um, the other thing that, again, the, the practicalities of this, um, I had a 10-gallon fish tank, and I have to go to the fish store to get uh, reverse osmosis water, mm. and I got a 5-gallon jug. That's not light. I can pick it up. I can manhandle it and so on and so forth. But I have to pour it for my daughters because they can't lift it. I'm just thinking of a jug that's 20 gallons or 30 gallons. How many guys does it take to pick that up, fill it up, carry it, and not break it? I, I, I think that's interesting. And Jesus, go fill them up. And they do it. There's no questions. There's no arguments. They do it. And I, I love the what you brought out. They're ceremonially clean. They're ritualistically clean. 
So the water is now clean. And this sets the grounds for something bigger and better for what Jesus is going to do. He's going to fulfill. He's going to manifest. He's going to bring something new that's already good. Water's good. These purification jugs are good. And he makes them better. Mm -hmm. And I really like that imagery. And I don't know how much the servants know, understand. Again, I don't know how much the, the disciples see and understand. But this ritual cleansed water now becomes party wine. And this saves the day, not in a frivolous, now everybody can be happy, the party can go on. But what does it do? It unifies, it brings honor to the guests, sure. to the host. Um, even the, who is everyone, um, the master of the feast called out, everyone serves the good wine first and then the poor wine. But Jesus brings out the best wine, divine wine, miracle wine, whatever you want to say. They had to put that on the label, right? Exactly. Divine wine. Divine, I like that. <laughs> it's copyrighted now. But even he takes notes that this is something bigger and different. And I, I love that aspect because we have our baptism, which washes our sin away, our death away, and ushers in forgiveness, brings in life, rescues us from death. And then on top of that, what are we given? We're given the body and blood, the bread and the wine in communion. And I think that this is all connected. And I don't want to stress that Jesus is now setting up the, the New Testament sacraments of, of baptism and communion in this miracle. But those connections are not lost. And, and I really like what you said, the glory of his, the manifestation of his glory in this miracle just as in the miracle of your baptism, just as in the miracle of communion, just in the miracle of the preached word of God, the communion of saints, all this is connected. And again, as much as I want to complain and whine about how mundane this is or what does this really matter? Let's get to the real stuff. Let's really get into the meat of Jesus' ministry. The mundane and the weak shows the manifestation of the power and might of God. And just as uh, Mary sang in the Magnificat, we should pay attention and simply trust. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.